0: Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball especially when it's done by the twins. Men for the Win is sponsored by The Grand Group with Edina Realty. Are you looking to purchase a new home in the Twin Cities area? Or perhaps you're trying to sell your current home. Whether you're upsizing or downsizing, The Grand Group with Edina Realty will meet all of your housing needs. Contact The Grand Group by emailing the Grand Group at edinarealty.com or call them by phone at 612-817-8751. The Grand Group with Edina Realty, three-time Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine Super Agent Award winners. On this episode, David and Dan recap the Twins' three-game series against the New York Yankees. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to Min for the Win. My name is David Kupas. With me, as always, is Dan Thompson. The Twins managed to steal one away from the evil empire. And maybe the key reason, Dan Thompson, Yankee starters lasted a combined 10.2 innings in this series. So the question I have to ask, Dan, do you think Correa brought trash cans? Because there was an article in the Star Trip. That the Twins picked up on Gaussman's tipping his pitches in the series at Toronto. And Dan, you sent a text about Correa's championship culture, the trash cans. That's just part of that culture, right? I guess so. And this made me think, like, what must it be like to actually be an Astros fan? Because
1: the Astros fans had nothing to do with this. Like, do we feel bad for Astros fans because of this? Do feel bad for them i well, think i'm yeah, confused by a, the question well in the sense that like you know let's say there was trash can banging for our favorite team i don't even want to say the words together like that's not our fault like like, would we still root for them like to astros fans like how do they feel david where they're
0: lost in all of this if you go to astros twitter i highly doubt there's anybody who takes a very nuanced approach dan <laughs> i think their approach is we're the best you're all sore losers and the rest of the league is like no you cheated granted yes and Twitter is not a place for nuance though, right Dan Thompson? No. So it's, it's it's a very black and white place.
1: Anyway, but the original stat that you do bring up, and first of all, for the record, we don't think that there was any cheating going on Uh, for the Twins here. We don't want to start those rumors. That was perhaps the most disappointing part is that the Twins did what we thought they needed to do by getting out ahead, scoring some runs, and they just weren't able to hang on to a couple games.
0: No, lots of opportunities in in both Game 1 and Game 3, Dan, to really come away with the series victory, which would have been huge. Coming off the win against the Blue Jays to get another series win against the Yankees, Dan, I don't know if I would have been able to sleep tonight, to be honest, if they would have won tonight's game.
1: Well, and I, I believe the stat was they haven't beaten the Yankees in a series, I think, since 2018 was the number. And they haven't won a season series against the Yankees, which they still could do because they play four games in New York later this year. Oh, yeah, yeah got a lot of confidence there. <laughs> but, but, like, you weren't even born in 2001, David. I don't I even think you've seen them do that. <laughs> 2001, I wasn't born. Right, How well old do you think I am? Little, I did just get <laughs> my learner's extreme. permit. Uh.
0: <laughs> All right, well, let's
1: start into this here, David.
0: Series recap. So series recap you know Dan every time the twins play the Yankees you just get that feeling right like it's in your stomach and you're just like just get through the first inning without giving up a run just so I can have some hope for a little bit of this game Cole sand said you know what David I don't care about your stomach I don't care about your feelings three run lead right off the bat for the Yankees twins lose this one 10 to four Dan Thompson and it very much felt like the Yankees were playing the twins
1: it did though the twins really did fight back they had that one in the first they got one in the third you know they were close through the the five innings here and then the wheels really fell off in the seventh uh when when your guy Duffy came in and, hold up and gave, hold up yeah. when
0: I say your guy at least it's somebody who you've expressed an interest in supporting <laughs> in the past I will not take Tyler Duffy as my guy Dan Thompson no thank you by the way David
1: I, I gotta say this did you forget that I'm not your brother? Like you keep calling me by my full name a lot lately. I just want you to know like I am not your brother, but I, don't we have some other differences that y- you can distinguish us?
0: Nope, it's got to be it's got to be Dan Thompson. And <laughs> okay, full disclosure right. folks, I see my brother every Thursday night and the twins happen to be ending their series a lot of times on Thursday night. So I go the whole night talking to Dan, my brother, and then I got to do a podcast with Dan Thompson. It makes a lot of sense that I'd say your name a lot, Dan. <laughs> but do you call him Dan, my brother when you're playing games? <laughs> I, Call him Brother Dan every time. (laughs) All
1: right. Just had to get that off my chest. Um, But the Twins, they have chances here. The Yankees actually commit three errors. Three. And and the Twins go two for eight with runners in scoring position. I get that you got to thread the needle, at least if you're the Twins, to beat the Yankees. But this was a game that felt winnable, right? You're only down
0: a run here mid-game. Well, yeah, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later with how, how Rocco decided to handle the bullpen in this game, but pitching lines again, not great here. Sands goes three and two-thirds, four earned runs, two walks, three strikeouts, two homers given up. Manaya does okay, only gives up one run, but he only pitches an inning, and then Cano comes in, Dan, remarkably doesn't give up a run, shocking, and as you said, Duffy and McGill come in and really clean it up, giving up five combined earned runs between them. Cano is almost my beast for this series, David. He didn't give up a run. He came in in the third, too. He did
1: lower his ERA to under Ten. So, well,
0: Cotton was your Cy Young pick last episode, I think,
1: Tim. (laughs) He he was going to be. He was in line for the win in Game Three, but we're getting ahead of ourselves, David. We got to talk about Game Two, the gem here of the series.
0: Yeah. Well, we should mention, give a little bit of a shout out at least to Jorge Polanco. Had four hits in this game. I mean, obviously, it's a it's a bright spot in a very very dark and cloudy game. But I mean, props to Polanco for for really putting the offense together.
1: So that's Game One. Game Two, the Twins win this one, eight to one, David. They get five innings out of Archer, who finally gets his first win as a twin
0: his first win since like the last time he got a win was against the twins Dan years and years ago
1: the twins knock Nestor Cortez out here in the fifth inning he gives up four earned runs and seven hits what was so impressive to me was that the twins actually really did hold
0: a lead against the Yankees go figure pretty shocking. The thing is, we've said this before when the Twins play the Yankees. I don't care what the score is, Dan. I never feel comfortable until the box score is complete. The Twins could be up 30 to 1 and I would still be like, "Well, hang on, guys. Hang on. Let's just let's just wait. Let's just not not get over anxious and over excited here." Two things helped. First of all, Carlos
1: Correa came back, which I think was big. He's played and and defeated the Yankees before as an Astro. Um also, the Twins got four double plays. <laughs> they got the Yankees to ground into four of them, including one on infield
0: in. That was a weird play because you could t- tell since they're not set up for the double play it had to be a weird throw from gordon because you're trying to make a fast throw but you don't want to like whip it over to polanco because he's got to be able to get to the bag and make the toss to first it was like how you see a little league play right where the kid doesn't know how fast to throw it to second because he's kind of waiting on his teammate to get there and that's very much how it felt in this circumstance so great though they were able to pull it off you don't see that very often dan
1: no that's got to be a weird throw right he's basically throwing it into center field yeah uh, <laughs> as he leans around um, the twins they they get some big innings out of griffin Jack. He pitches two innings of shutout baseball. Then Pagan comes in, rights the ship, and then Thielbar comes in and pitches a, a pretty good ninth when they had some leeway. We
0: do have to mention, though, Dan. I just, I don't understand, right? Watkins strikes again on this one here. Sends Urshela (laughs) home. When there's only one out, there's no reason to send him from third. It was going to be a close play. He got thrown out. I don't understand what the plan is here, Dan Thompson.
1: No, and then Urshela in game three was also kind of a, a base running snafu, which I would argue was perhaps not Watkins' fault. But do you have anything more on game two before we talk about that?
0: No, I'm just really trying to not have to talk about game three, Dan Thompson.
1: Okay, so let's talk about game three. First of all, David, you know, if you turn the game off after the third inning which we can understand, David, if that's what you did tonight. The Twins were ahead
0: 7-3, to three, and what a
1: start to this
0: game. If I had told you this game started with the Twins <laughs> scoring three runs in the bottom of the first inning off of Cole, I think it would probably be like your sixth or seventh thought that the way they did it was via three solo home runs.
1: Well, and I think it was actually the first time in Twins history that they had pulled this off. Arise goes deep, then Buxton, then Correa. I think Buxton was on the first pitch. I mean, it was very fast, uh, maybe five total pitches between the three home runs and and they were really pretty much no doubters, even Luis Arise. Arise,
0: it's always shocking when he hits a home run, right? You're just never expecting it. No, he's kind of, I mean, I'm trying to think of a, of a parallel. Did Tony Gwynn hit a lot of home runs? Yeah, he hit quite a few, didn't he? I just can't
1: remember because I'm looking for a guy who is clearly not trying to hit home runs. It's just that he happens to make great contact once in a while the, and just enough power that it that it goes over the fence. And, and that's what it looked like for Luis Arise. His batting average is up to 359, or I shouldn't say up to. It's still at right around 359 leading the league
0: Gwynn didn't hit that many home runs he had 135 on the career
1: and I could see Luis Rice hitting about that many over the course of his what we hope to be a very lengthy hall of fame career David (laughs) hall of fame career well if he keeps his batting average up dan you never know buxton also has another big three-run homer in the second inning so he goes two for four with four rbi and two runs and a walk buxton looked great all series he played all three games in the series which was obviously maybe the biggest deal of the whole thing
0: yeah he definitely is starting to look a little bit more healthy the Rays series will really tell us i think how healthy he is will he play all three games in the Rays series or will he get a day off that
1: is a good question other moments though that's the problem is that after those home runs there Larnick hits one in the th- in the third to give the twins that. 7-3 lead and then the wheels really just come off
0: yeah this is a bad one here so Bundy does well four innings pitched four earns runs and again I say he does well almost any other team I'd say that wasn't good but against the Yankees, four earned runs over four innings, I think i take that. Like I know, That's so sad. That's so sad, but I will take that. And then Cotton comes in, gives up one earned run. Then Smith comes in, and Smith had a rough outing, gives up a balk that he was really, really not happy about. But so he gives up two hits, two runs, both of them earned with a walk and, and a strikeout and then a home run as well. He hasn't given up that many home runs, Dan, but it's very, very sad to see him kind of see his era continue to tick up 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 from where it started after the first you know even 30 games of the season
1: right and then duran comes in is not effective he gives up four hits and two runs and just he just gets one out and then moran comes in he gives up another run three walks to hit I mean, just those guys at the back end of the bullpen did not hold up until cano did when it wasn't so important with the game already 10 to 7
0: yeah duran it's so hard because he has the raw stuff but the problem is it's still the best hitters in baseball that you're facing. And they're going to be able to hit fastballs unless you can be throwing pitches with a lot of movement on them, just throwing 100 miles an hour. Even if your location is somewhat good, that's maybe not enough against the Yankees.
1: Yeah, and we're going to talk a lot more about the bullpen later in this game. Um, Any other thoughts here on this one?
0: I think that'll do it for Game 3, Dan. I just don't want to talk about it anymore. All right, let's go into Puckett's picks. Catch them all, Kirby Puckett! Puckett's picks winner. Anytime that you can see the three guys that we picked all had very positive numbers, it's a good sign. So Dan took Buxton and to be fair, if you only listened to last episode, you would think that Dan called this. Like he's like, "Oh, Buxton's really going to bounce back." <laughs> Dan's been saying Buxton's going to bounce back for the past 6 series and now he finally hits on one, but so I thought you were going to d- say 6 years. I've been <laughs> I've been talking about this since 2015 or 2016. No, but so uh, Buxton secures the win for Dan Thompson with 19 points. I had Miranda, who had six points. Again, that was more of a flyer pick, hoping hoping for something good to happen. And the listeners took a rise, who had eight points. So again, respectable scores, but Buxton's outing, Dan, was just, was just phenomenal.
1: And so now you still have the season lead with seven, but I'm at six now. The listener's at five. We got ourselves a series. Also, I have 19 more points on the season than you. So I'm feeling pretty dang good about my position here going forward, because obviously uh, the history is a predictor. Um a future success in something as, as silly as our puckets picks.
0: Alright, let's keep going here, Dan. Beast versus bench. Beast versus bench. It's losing fun is losing fun.
1: David I really wanted to pick somebody else I thought about Polanco after that four hit game in game one but I have to go with Buxton also I was really happy to see him running a little bit more aggressively on the base paths yep. in game three he ran which it could have been a hit and run it's it, it's hard to see without looking at a ton of replays um, but he he was trying to steal second seemingly and then Correa hit a ground ball I think it was to shorts but to see him try to take extra bases like that when he's already on the base paths was important I think
0: yeah I'm in 100% agreement with you here Dan I think Buxton is the obvious pick and I would be I would be hard-pressed to choose somebody else in a series your bench, sir? Yeah, it's got to be Sanchez. It's really disappointing because obviously so many articles have come out about the hard time that he's had in New York. He's facing his old team. Kind of an opportunity to make them maybe think twice about the decisions that they've made as far as letting Sanchez go. But he goes over 8 with two strikeouts, four guys left on base. Not a good outing. It's kind of the opposite for Urshela, right? He had a pretty good series overall, but so just kind of a bummer that Sanchez couldn't capitalize on his old team. For my bench, I again went with a relief pitcher
1: um, (laughs) as is my way here. I went with Duran because of the key spot that he was in there trying to keep this game tied and his just inability to do that. He just got outplayed by some of the best hitters in baseball. You alluded to this earlier. Aaron Judge nearly hits a home run off of him off the very top of the fence and then he comes around to score. I just thought this was a big moment and Duran he didn't he didn't live up to it.
0: I don't want to belabor the point here Dan. I don't think it's a bad pick other than the fact that Duran was only in the game for like less than an inning. But anyway, it was a key already... <laughs> inning. It was a little series too, by the way. That was his only appearance in the series. I, uh, I've already dragged him through the mud here. So let's uh, let's go to Rocco's Rewind. My uh, My thoughts actually connect to that particular outing.
1: Rocco's Rewind. Well, you go ahead then, sir.
0: So after game one, the Twins were down one run, and Rocco decides with his bullpen to go Manaya, which was fine at that point in the game. But then he goes Cano, Duffy, McGill, and he had other options. He had Duran, he had Thielbar, he had Pagan, he had options that he could have gone to that he chose not to go to. Again, keep in mind, Twins are coming off an off day, right? So nobody pitched on Monday. So Rocco gets asked about this and he says, well, we don't really want to use our good relievers unless we're up in a game. And I don't know that I buy this. Like, I understand what he's saying. I do. But what I'll say, Dan, is when you're playing the Yankees and it's a one run game and it's in later innings, how many opportunities are you going to get like that? where the game's still within reach? I think at that point you bring in your better relievers.
1: I think the phrase is, you play to win the next game. I think that that's what Rocco was trying to trying to do, right? I, yes and no. I do understand his logic, and it, it played out actually well when the Twins won Game 2 and then weren't able to come back in Game 3. I don't really have a problem with it. It's maybe just a little bit on the nose you know right because isn't that what every manager thinks that they should do like they because but aren't you supposed to say as the manager no all our guys we love all our guys we trust them in all situations
0: well yeah i mean clearly clearly Rocco's saying i used our our worst relievers in this instance because i didn't think we had a chance to win this one and so i didn't want to burn our better arms I i just yeah i don't love that phrasing and again i don't even mind him being so candid about it. But it's one of those things where I do think that the twins had a legitimate shot to win this baseball game and he just kind of threw it away and and didn't really seem like it mattered to him.
1: And that, that bothered me a little bit. If the twins had won game three, I think this conversation is different though, because if they had won the series, I don't think we're complaining so much about it.
0: Well, yeah, probably not. But Dan winning heals all wounds as we, as we well know.
1: It does. Well, so with my rewind, I think maybe this is obvious, but Rocco has lately put a rise in the leadoff spot and Buxton too, flipping them essentially from where they were earlier. He hasn't had a really set order, I think, because of the lack of consistent play from Buxton and Correa and even a rise to some extent. Um, but I really like that order because I think it gives Buxton a chance to drive in some runs and it gets a rise, maybe just those extra couple at bats and it turns the lineup over. And this was, this actually brings up a moment in game three that I was disappointed in when Urshela gets doubled off on a deep fly ball to center. He ends up not touching third base as he tries to go back to second base. Watkins, and Arise would Watkins have been
0: up.
1: Fault. <laughs> Well, there you go. And but Arise would have been up next with a runner in scoring position. Key moment there. But I do like having Arise, I guess, in those kinds of spots.
0: Yeah, it's tricky, right? Because you like Buxton on the base paths because he's got an opportunity to steal a base, and it makes the, the pitcher change his wind up to probably pitching out of the stretch. However, I mean, chances that Buxton hits one out of the park is far greater than Arise hitting it out of the park.
1: The only question I would have about this is Arise is not exactly fleet of foot. Correct. Right? So if Arise is on base, he's, he's on first and Buxton hits one to the gap and wants a triple. Like, is he going to be like right on the heels of Arise, like pushing him down the down the baseline?
0: Probably not as not as on the heels of Arise as he would be on the heels of, I don't know, Sano. So I don't know, somebody <laughs> like that. Well, you know what? Watkins is going to send
1: him from third anyway. So Doesn't it won't matter. really be yeah. a problem there.
0: <laughs> My goodness, Dan. Okay, well, let's go Minnesota moment time
1: minnesota moment i'll go first as the obvious one it's the back-to-back-to-back home runs to start game three
0: yeah it, it's a good choice certainly but it's funny because normally with the minnesota moments we either choose a moment from a game that the twins win or we choose a poor moment from a game where the twins lose and this one it's cool but it's just a bummer that they couldn't they couldn't finish out this game dan
1: but this is typical twins yankees baseball right like when the twins gave it got a three-run lead in that playoff game in 2017 dozier hit a home run Polanco gets on Rosario hits a home run like and then the twins lose like this is just kind of a typical game for the Twins any the Yankees.
0: any chance to talk about Eddie Rosario Dan Thompson you you take it you do not miss the opportunities of course David any chance I get what's uh what's your moment yeah so I'm gonna go with Miranda's third hit of the night in game two bottom seven scored two runs and dan that was the moment when the twins were up eight to one and i finally started to believe in the seventh inning dan that the twins might be able to win this one being up by seven runs but i still wasn't sure dan i still (laughs) wasn't sure but they did manage to pull it off well this actually this goes well into the musing that i have
1: i just don't know how it can get any better mauer's musings you're not gonna like this question okay but is Jose Miranda going to get sent back to AAA A anytime soon? Why? Well, here's why I would think. I have a couple reasons. First, I don't think he plays very good defense, and I don't. I think he's a liability out there. He's got four errors already in 18 games, and I get that he's playing some first base. He did play some first base in Triple A, but I, I don't love his glove. Also, the Twins have a guy named Spencer Steer who is mashing right now at Triple A, and I think at some point you got to give him a chance. He's got an OPS over a thousand. He's got an average of .298. I, I tell you, David, I think I think they gotta give Steer a chance at some point.
0: No, I don't think so. I think what? I think that Miranda's Miranda continues to prove himself to be effective at the plate, and he's he's not gonna get sent down because unless he, he truly cannot play in the field at all. And granted, yes, he has some errors, but he's still figuring it out at first. I think he stays around and I don't think he's going down to AAA unless his bat starts to struggle. See, I don't like this guy's figuring out how
1: to field at a major league level. This hasn't worked out this didn't work out with well with Royce Lewis here, David. They put him in
0: center field and he he runs into the wall and hurts his knee this is the twins way you let guys learn it on the fly it's just the major league baseball right it's just it's the major, just major league baseball yeah what could possibly go wrong oh my goodness all right. all
1: right well what's yours
0: <laughs> <The> glowing <laughs> glowing <laughs> transition you seem so interested get Why yours not? over with all get right, yours o- i was trying to be hasty. go ahead ask yeah. your question so here's the question dan so the twins win game two and that happened to coincide with Carlos Correa's return to the lineup. Obviously, Correa's presence has an impact on this team. So I want to know, Dan, how much does that factor in, do you think, for him as a player versus, like, if Buxton's out or if Buxton's not healthy? Do you need them both to sort of have the the full team chemistry necessary for this team to feel like it is that championship culture that he's trying to build?
1: Well, first of all, he's a bit of an upgrade over Jermaine Palacios, and that is no shade on Jermaine Palacios. It's- It's just he's not ready. It's a little shade. (laughs) Well, it's a little shade because he's not Carlos Correa. We wouldn't say like... This is like Buxton to Jake Cave, by the way, or something like that, right? Like, this is not... It's not fair, Um, but with Correa, I don't think the Twins can win this division if Correa and Buxton aren't healthy for the vast majority of the rest of the games of the season.
0: Yeah, I think that's reasonable, and that's that's truly what's leading me to ask this question is because I think Correa is proving himself to be a very vital piece to this team. And granted, I think we thought that way coming into the season, but the Twins have managed to be effective even when Correa has been sidelined, and so that's what made me think, you know, how good can this team be without Correa? But it just means that much more than when. He's in the lineup and performing. Yeah, and the,
1: and the Twins have just been missing so many guys off of this team. They're barely cobbling together a lineup, it
0: seems. And it does look like they're turning the corner, at least
1: in the lineup, to getting healthy again.
0: It definitely seems like consistently you're going to see 10 to 11 guys as far as position players are concerned. But that that starting rotation, Dan, is still, it's an enigma. It's a code-breaking exercise for Rocco to try and sort out who's on, who's on what IL and who's ready to go, Dan. It is, it's got to be rough. Trying to figure out who's gonna who's gonna fill in these innings.
1: Well, let's keep talking about that in the series grades.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Series grades. I gave them a C. My main reason being they nearly won a series against the Yankees without their top two starters, Joe Ryan, Sonny Gray, and even without Bailey Ober out there, and without Chris Paddock. Who they're gonna be without? But like, I mean, how are they winning any games right now? Beyond maybe one out of every four with the rotation that they've got.
0: No, it's, a, it's a fair question I think it's a fair grade too I went lower I gave him a D this time maybe I'm back to my curmudgeonly self uh, the reason why is it would have been an A had they managed to win game one or game three and it probably would have been a C had they lost differently in game three than the way that they did but it just there's only so many times Dan a Twins fan can get kicked like this when they get up big and they can't lock it down and
1: now they got another big series against the Rays coming up
0: I don't know Jack it looked like Herbeck pulled off the bank. Herbie's Headlines. Well done. Herbie's headline. Do you want to do the one that's sort of a fun little reminiscent twin story, or do you want to jump into the one that made you curse the skies? (laughs) Well,
1: I think I think the second's gonna make for a better segment, but I am gonna mention the first. Eduardo Escobar, who by the way I still have a a hand-drawn image of him that a student drew me a few years ago next to my desk of Eduardo Escobar. He hit for the cycle on Monday and he got the triple last, and he was so pumped. It was a stand-up triple. So proud of Eduardo Escobar, who's made himself a heck of a career and now he's having a great year with the Mets
0: now tell us tell us about the other headline you wanted to discuss
1: so first off so hogs sent us this and i was i was at work and my mood really shifted shall we say when he sent this here he he sent this story from espn about the shift and how players are so happy that it's coming that the ban is going to come back seemingly next year it's not official but my goodness, some of the things that these baseball players are saying, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, i you can't hit the baseball where the guys aren't? Oh, poor you, poor professional baseball player. It's so hard to hit the ball to the opposite field. It's so hard, which is basically what they're saying. So that got me going. And the second thing, oh, my gosh, 2 I'm going to have to read these quotes. So Theo Epstein, who is now working as some kind of advisor for Major League Baseball, said this, quote, an anti-shift rule would restore a traditional aesthetic and make the game more familiar and relatable for fans who grew up knowing intuitively where the shortstop and second baseman play <laughs> and what a sure base hit looks like off the bat.
0: What are you talking about,
1: Theo Epstein?
0: I mean, nothing is more confusing to me, Dan, when the running back, when there's an eye formation instead of a shotgun formation, you know? So it's oh, it's one man. of those things. It gets real, real confusing. I mean, I see the eye formation. And I'm like, wait a second. Wait a second. Where's the running back, Dan? Uh, Like, and then then when they use
1: the Wildcat formation and the quarterback is out on the side, we should ban the Wildcat in football (laughs) because it's too confusing for the defenders. Are you kidding, Theo Epstein? And then it goes on. And then David Robertson, a pitcher for the Cubs, says this, quote, I don't ever feel sorry for hitters. My biggest complaint about the shift is, how do you explain that to kids? (laughs) What? what what's the point of having a shortstop if he can't play shortstop what's the point of having a second baseman if he can't play second oh
0: my goodness what is he doing I'm curious again in the Little League World Series this past season how much how much for guys shifted I'm just curious how often that was done are all the you got, you got eight little leaguers on, on the right side of second base is that how they do it in the Little League World Series it's like
1: my goodness nostalgia aesthetic is that what we're talking about no just hit the ball where the players are not fans want an ejection there it goes and that
0: was guardy's gripe That's all you have to do. Oh my goodness! I think my favorite quote was Gallo when Gallo was like, "Yeah, I could try and hit it the other way, but you know, then you're robbing yourself the opportunity to hit a home run." It's like, what? What?
1: what, (laughs) It's like, (laughs) gentlemen, and and the worst of it is that the writer here is clearly like just letting these guys have their moment here with no counter argument. I was. Just baffled by the poor journalism and by the stupidity of the commentary. My goodness, gentlemen,
0: come on, grow up, play Uh, baseball. Pretty entertaining though. Hogues, I can just imagine because Hogs, out of the three of us, Dan, I think has the temper. I think definitely the most the most hostile uh, personality among us, and I would say that I'm guessing when he read that one, his phone went for a ride. Dan Thompson. Oh, my gosh. I think I'm I'm catching up to you though here in in Guardy's gripes. David. Yeah, my goodness, you're getting hostile here, Dan. You gotta get you gotta get a little lower. I think you go so high, it's hard I to do. like really feel the hostility. I think when you're up here, <laughs> <laughs> right. We better move on here to Puckett's Picks. And we'll
1: see you tomorrow. Night.
0: Puckett's Picks. No surprise here, Dan, the listeners are taking Buxton off the board because it seems like he's healthy. And after a guy scores 19 points, it's pretty hard not to pick him for the next series.
1: Yes, and that leaves then the next pick to you, sir.
0: Yeah, thankfully. My goodness. I got to get back on the winning train here, and I really don't like the way things are going, so I'm going to take Carlos Correa. I think that he's going to be back to 100%. I think he was still shaking off the COVID here at the end of this series, but I think he's going to come back with a vengeance against the Rays. And
1: that leaves me with a difficult decision here. I don't want to necessarily leave a rise there at the same time. He's a singles machine who doesn't seem to knock in a lot of runs. So that's a couple ways that I'm not going to get points out of him.
0: I hear Sonoma might be coming back. Maybe you could get. <laughs>
1: well, we, oh, I'm not picking Miranda. Um, I think hey, I'm actually going to go six with six
0: points. Settle down. He I know. He six but points.
1: I just meant after my, my saying that he should be sent down and bring up Spencer Steer. Um, I think I'm going to go with Jorge Polanco. I just think he's in a spot to get more RBIs. This is not a slight against Luis Arise. I just think points wise, I, I got to think with my head and not with my heart.
0: I don't think anybody will blame you here, Dan. It is funny, though, to see Arise no longer being the go-to guy in this moment. Well, we'll see. Hopefully, he's going to score a lot of runs. He's going to get on base for Polanco to hit a couple home runs in this series against the Rays. Yeah, so Twins currently going into the Rays series are still three games up in the division on Cleveland, five games up on the White Sox. However, Dan, Cleveland, Cleveland has a stretch of games here, Dan, against very very beatable teams so hopefully the twins can win this series against the rays and keep that lead
1: and we should say joe ryan pitched three innings at AAA on thursday looks like he's going to make the trip to seattle and pitch one of those games and then hopefully i will get to see him pitch
0: in a couple series when i go to arizona to watch the twins play in arizona wonderful wonderful well i'll go ahead and send us out here dan well folks if you like what you hear please tell a friend you can follow us on twitter at min for the win and find our min for the win facebook page Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new episodes are available. And if you could leave us a rating, that'd be great. A reminder that our episodes are now available on YouTube. And if you could drop us a like and a subscribe there, we'd greatly appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, go Twins. That'll wrap up another episode of Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Koufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, go Twins.